Hello and welcome. My name is Michael, and we're here today for a sample adventure of the Fate, or I guess technically Fae-powered game uh, Masters of Umdar, which is, from my understanding, kind of loosely based on Saturday morning cartoons like He-Man or Thundar the Barbarian, uh, both of which I grew up watching and loving. And uh, today I will be playing Rick Barkton, which I believe is like a dog sort of person. <laughs> He's sort of like a man at arms meets beast, uh, beast man from He-Man is kind of how I figured them out. Uh, Join us tonight, of course, is Chris. Chris, say hello to everyone. Tell us who you are and who you're playing. Oh, hello, everybody. Uh, well, I'm Chris. Uh, you've seen me on Detention, several of those shows here, uh, also on the Redemption uh, podcast which is now called Smuggler's Blues, and we're doing that as a live stream every other Monday. Uh, we will be playing in a couple of days. We do enjoy audience members because as the GM, I found ways of tying in your comments into the game, and that's been a fun thing for me. Uh, today, I'm going to be playing Tad the Radiant, a uh, Scytheer mage. I may have said that wrong, uh, but basically I'm a, a humanoid, humanoid cyborg with the legs of a toad. Got nice silver metallic skin with a little greenish hue. So I'm excited to see what Tad can do. Excellent. And then I'm very excited to welcome back to the show once again my friend Devin, aka Sharkbone. And uh, it's been way too long since I've had a chance to play with Devin or even chat with him. So I'm super excited that he's here. He's going to lead us through this game. So, Devin, say hello to everyone, introduce yourself however you would like, and then uh, kick off the game. Hello, everybody. Uh, like Michael said, my name is Devin from the old old shark bone podcast you can find me on twitter at shark underscore bone or watch my blog which is updated very periodically uh sharkbone.us that's pretty much the only places i'm online these days uh and i am excited to be here and excited to run this game i've never actually played or run masters of umdar before um, but it looks like a ton of fun. <laughs> so, um, Masters of Umdar is, uh, it runs on the Fate Accelerated system, which is just a pared-down version of Fate Core. Uh, so all of the main Fate bones are still there, uh, but instead of a skill list, we have just six approaches. Stunts are a little simplified, um, but not too much, and those are really the huge changes between Fate Accelerated and Fate Core. So if you know Fate, chances are you know Fate Accelerated. And it's going to be fun. There is a, a introductory blurb in the book to introduce Umdar, uh, and I thought it was really cool, and I'm going to read it. Excellent. This is the planet Umdar, where fear is abundant and mercy is scarce. The tyrannical masters reign over the scattered kingdoms, keeping their subjects ignorant and afraid. You are an archaeonaut, a brave warrior hunting down the ancient technology that can bring the planet out of its age of darkness. Do you have what it takes to survive the savage wilds that stand between you and your prize? Are you brave enough to defy the masters of Umdar? <laughs> oh, I love it. We just need a commercial break here for the toy right? lineup, of course. Yeah, <laughs> the action figures. Rick Barton with his magical blade. <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't even, it's been so long since I made your characters, I don't even remember what they have. Okay, well, we can do that. So again, I'm Rick Barton. I'm a frill dog, fri- fi- dog fighter, uh, which is an anthro canine with heat dissipating frill down the back and a mouthful of serrated teeth, uh, red eyes with orange fur and patches of red-orange scales around the joints. Uh, my aspects are large and loyal man-at-arms. Also, I must discover my missing son's location, and I can go through any obstacle. My best approach is forceful, and I have two stunts currently, laser javelin. I don't know why I said that weird, laser javelin. (laughs) Uh, Once per scene, when I quickly attack and succeed with style, which I believe that means I get four higher than I needed. Three higher. Three higher. You can forego the boost and immediately attack again, either the same uh, defender or someone else in the same zone. And I have claws which uh, are basically whenever I forcefully attack and succeed, I deal additional stress, and I can never be unarmed. Mm-hmm. Nice. All right, so, Chris, if you don't mind, walk us through awesome. your Tad character. All right, uh, like I said, Tad's a, a humanoid humanoid cyborg. Uh, he's got the legs of a toad. He's got the, the silver metallic skin uh, with that greenish hue. Uh, I also wear a shimmering tailcoat, and I picture it being like a, like different shades of purple as you kind of go up and down. Okay. Uh, it's got the almost like sequins, but they're not sequins. It's a different type of fabric. Mm-hmm. It's totally sequins. Well, <laughs> uh, my aspects, uh, he's a toad legged sorcerer clad in metal. I also have the aspect of what else shall I do with eternity? And then uh, there's always time for a practical joke. That's my other aspect. Two stunts I have. I have shape shift. Uh, sneaky so I can use illusions to help myself sneak around and then I have element manipulation so I can manipulate one specific type of element now it does have listed on here do I need to pick one now or do I pick that in the scene now you could wait until the scene if you wanted to or if you have an idea of what it would be you can pick it now Um, but once picked it's the same for the character from then on perfect makes sense all right I'll wait so we get into it and okay see how it goes uh, and then both characters are missing one more aspect uh, and this is going to be the aspect that binds the two of you together um, so okay. uh, tad you'll create an aspect uh, on who rick is to you or how he fits into your crew and rick you will do the same thing for tad okay so again i'm much more familiar with he-man and definitely i'm getting orco vibes from Tad, uh, though that may not be how you want to play them. I'm missing a son, so if you want to maybe you've agreed to help me mm-hmm. find them and I will help keep you alive, or if there's something else, maybe there's some reason, I'm open to any suggestions you have. Is uh, is Tad maybe the proxy for those familial feelings as you search mm-hmm. for your son? He's the son I've adopted to look for my son that I'm missing. Yeah, kind of like that. I was tr- I was trying to come up with something along the lines of, you know, Tad here didn't have a dad. Oh. We're the found family. Yes. So yeah, so Tad is the the son I used to have. <laughs> so never had. Uh, the son I used to have. I kind of like that. <laughs> the son I used to have. That's a little tragic. And Tad is a Cytar. You're a uh, a cyborg centaur. centaur kind of thing, yeah. Okay. Cyborg centaur, cytar. Mm-hmm. And Very both cool. of you just 
randomly, luckily became kind of mutant characters. I rolled on the charts in the book. Yeah, so we did have you, again, we're doing a lot of setup here. And if anybody's watching, there is no fate category in Twitch. So it's basically everything that we roleplay is D&D, but this mm-hmm. obviously isn't D&D. But it is a role, role-playing game, mm. similar to D&D, but, but different. So how were the characters generated? Because that's we usually, we don't want to take that too much time to do that on air. Right. But was it all random charts that you just randomly roll? How did that look like on your side? Yeah, it was. Um, there are several charts in the Masters of Umdar book. So I just went down the line and randomly rolled the results, which is how um, Rick Barkton became a canine dinosaur fusion. Uh, and um, Tad became a Cytar with the legs of a toad. Uh, which is not something normally, either combination is not something you would normally think of. Um, but the random charts gave us that. Uh, and See, that, that definitely has more of the Thundar the Barbarian feel than the He-Man in a way. Just like that sort of mutant, apocalyptic, wasteland vibe. Yeah, it's definitely a big part of Umdar. Uh, there are a lot of interesting uh, metatypes. I forget the exact word they have. Bioform, that's what it is. In Umdar, it's called a bioform. And you can either create it yourself and they have mm-hmm. suggestions on how to do that or you can roll on the random charts to create your bioform and then based on what you're good at uh, you can pick your class which are like the standard D classes or you can create your own class it's fate's pretty free and forgiving and again the the master of umdar is a, is a setting for fate fate is yeah. a generic system of its own um and i think it's like four bucks on draft through or something it's pay what you want so you could potentially get it for free well, I hope a few people will check it out. Maybe pay a couple bucks. Yeah, you know, yeah, for nice. sure. But uh, yeah, it, all right. So yeah, so so Tad is the son I used to have. We are currently looking for my, the other son I used to have. So how did you word yours, Chris? Am I like your father figure? I, I just kept it a little less specific and just said found that family I never knew I needed. Yeah. Oh, I like it. I like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very cool. All right, uh, and we are playing. The uh, pre-made adventure that's in the Masters of Umdar book called The Starblades of Su'ul. And what your characters know about the world in, in, of Umdar is that uh, ages and ages and ages ago, millennia ago, there was a demiurge that came to the planet. And the demiurge brought with it marvelous technologies, devices, stuff like that. And then it just left. No one knows why it plunged the world into chaos until the masters came forth and they created their kingdoms and those kingdoms have been constantly warring. So what you do as Archaonauts is that you plunder the secret parts of the world of Umdar, trying to find artifacts left behind by this demiurge, uh, which can help you protect your people or pursue whatever kind of goals your character has. And that second aspect that each of your characters has is your motivation for why you are going out and looking for these artifacts. So Rick is looking for his son and Tad is just doing it because he's going to live forever. And what else is he going to do with forever? I mean, yeah, you get bored eventually. How many times can you watch reruns of Gilligan's (laughs) Island? (laughs) So I like to think that maybe my son was also one of these Arcanauts. Um, so it's not like he's like a little kid who's like Timmy down the well. Sure. He's gone off searching, you know, for lost technology and just didn't come home. So I assume that he's just found something or found trouble. So that type of thing. So I, I'm almost like retracing 
his footsteps, okay. looking for stuff that maybe he would have found and would find him. Or I might find technology that would let me contact me. Either one would sure. work. How, how long has it been since he's gone missing? I would say it's been long enough that I am, I'm starting to feel discouraged, but not so long that there's like no hope. So like maybe, I assume there's normal Earth cycle years. I'll say like maybe four years. Okay. You know, so it's not like been 20, but it's also been a long time to not have heard from them. Yeah. And, and maybe, maybe in past adventures, I did find like evidence that they had been there type of thing. So I'm not discouraged, but I'm also getting worried about it. Okay. So you're taking side gigs here and there to kind of pass the time and maybe happen upon a clue while you're looking right. for him. Yep. Yeah. All right. I like it. So last time on Masters of Umdar, the two of you were chasing one of the star blades of Su'ul and you let it escape. Oh no. Yeah. Yeah. I blame Tad. <laughs> Probably. So is, is Tad the one that botched it for everybody? How, how did Tad botch it for everybody? Uh, I think Tad thought it would be funny or clever to replace this star blade with a fake, but accidentally put the real one back, and the bad guys took off with that one, and we ended up with the fake. <laughs> okay. Uh, and uh, what are your impressions of uh, Kaji Sa, the person who took the star blade you were supposed to take? And Kajisa is a kind of uh, snake person. Uh, her high concept is Saurian Sorceress Lieutenant. Uh, so she's kind of uh, a very tall sorceress person. You can see her picture kind of right there. Mm-hmm. Interesting. What, uh, what were your character's impressions of her as she bested you in this last mission? I think the obvious is that she is a liar. She speaks with a forked tongue, some might say. Mm. You know, she essentially we had bested her in combat, and she said, "Okay, I'll surrender. I'll help you get where you're going in exchange for not, you know, not hurting me or killing me or whatever." And we fell for her pitiful, you know, not womanly wiles, but she ingratiated herself in a way and made us seem like she wasn't a threat. And of course, at the last minute, she tricked us uh she probably knew that the that we had decided to make a fake and you know maybe even help tad with that magical forgery uh and that is how she ended up getting the the actual one okay all right so um let's take those experiences from your Mm -hmm. previous adventure and let's turn it into an aspect that's going to haunt you throughout this session okay uh so Maybe you guys are uh, suckers for a sob story, or maybe you're out for revenge against Kaji Sa. Now, maybe um, you won't take any prisoners next time. Um, what, uh, what do you two think you learned, or what emotional baggage are you carrying with you from that failure? I think Tad here has a crush on her <laughs> and believes he can turn her to being good and being his girlfriend at the same time. Okay. Is it okay if I have a different one and like mine's like I'll won't take prisoners next time, so I'm like bloodthirstily after her while Ted yeah. wants to date her? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead and write it in the uh I think you should have a fifth aspect slot. Just go ahead yeah. and slot it right there. That'll work perfectly. I'm going to word it as blinded by quote love. Okay. <laughs> or I should say I went with 
okay. distracted by. That makes better right. sense. And I went with, oh, boo-hoo, no time for another sob story. No, I like it. So there's just a little bit more background your characters would know. These star blades of Seul, Seul, when they are all collected, they can be forged into a, uh, a legendary weapon called the Fire Rain. No one knows what it's supposed to do or what the Fire Rain even is, but uh, it's supposed to be a lot more powerful than the individual star blades of Seul, and those things are pretty darn powerful all by themselves. So what was the name of the, the weapon you cut out on me just for a second? Fire Rain. Fire Rain, like R-E-I-G-N? Uh, no, Rain as in falling from the sky. R-A-I. Yep. Gotcha, gotcha. And do we know how many Star Blades there are we have to collect them all, like Pokemon style? <laughs> um, no. Okay. You don't know the number, but perhaps on their pursuit, actually, yes, you do. There are five Star Blades. Ah, okay. Yep. And uh, Kajisa already has two of them. Ooh. The one she stole from oh, okay. you and one she got before. We loaned her one. So she has one of ours for us. <laughs> That's true. That's true. You have to get it back now. That's right. Uh, although you um, do think you're on the tail of another Starblade, uh, where you've heard that uh, Kajisa might be on the trail. Okay. Of a star blade, so, so we're on the trail of the trail. Yep, you have uh, you have tracked one of her lieutenants uh, to a tavern, and you're trying to see if he's going to spill the beans or if he's going to say anything. So we will go ahead and open the scene uh, in a tavern, and it's uh, a fairly large common room. Everything's made out of wood. Everything's roughly hewn and roughly polished. Um, so it it definitely looks like a frontier town saloon old west style uh, and it is just full there are beings of um, every bioform here um, there are cyborgs there are humans there are people who look like humans with traits of some other animal uh, there are people who have cyborg attachments to their limbs all sorts of things and um, the whole area is just covered in a haze of smoke um, mostly from the um, open bonfire that's in the center of the room, um, but also because all of the other bioforms, all the other people here are partaking in something, one kind or another, of a smoking plant. Uh, and you walk in and look around, and you're not initially seeing the person who you were tracking, uh, which his name is Mank the Merc. You've been on his trail for a couple days now. So as a canine based life form would i have the ability to like track by scent sure so i don't want to make it obvious like i'm not you know walking around so i'm going to play the part go up to the bar you know order a drink and food whatever find a table but while i'm doing that i'm going to kind of like i'm looking for a good table so i'm kind of circling the room okay. but what i'm actually doing is trying to Step out our target. Uh, sounds like um, maybe you're approaching this carefully or sneakily. Uh, which way do you uh, think? Let's say, I think sneaky. Sneaky? Okay. Yeah, it would be good. So again, the way the game works, so you roll four fate die or fudge die, I think they're called. So they're like two negatives. So like one, two sides have negative, two sides are blank, and two sides are positive. Correct. And that, that will get you a total of negative four to plus four. And then on average, you'll get nothing. And then it just balances out to what your stat was. Yes. And I will be using my custom 
12-sided dice for this. <laughs> and uh, your difficulty is going to be plus two. All right. Well, it's true to the math. I rolled a wash, two positives, two negatives, <laughs> so nothing. Uh, my sneaky is a one, so I would have failed. But I have four fate points. Yes. Now, can I use those to just succeed, or do I get to roll again? How could I spend those as a currency? Uh, you can spend one and invoke one of your aspects. So you find one of the aspects that's help, that helps you in this situation, and you can spend okay. a fate point to add plus two to your die roll, or you can re-roll the dice. Uh, but in this case, I would recommend a plus two. Yeah, because that would be successful yeah. without any chance of failure. So yeah, I'll do that. So I, I think I'm actually going to use the Tad as the son I used to have because uh, my son and I, we used to work on this together as well. And, you know, having traveled with Tad for a while, he kind of knows my process. And so he would be assisting me here uh, by kind of, helping focus, also helping to look around so that he's aiding me in this process. He just falls into step and knows exactly okay. what I'm doing. Sure. All right. So uh, Tad gets roped into this sniff search for Mank the Merc uh, inside the, the tavern house. And so you're kind of walking around. I envision Tad walking around the other side of it, um, just giving you some uh, cues here or there, like, oh, is this the guy maybe? Or is that the guy maybe? And you're using your uh, your sniffer to see if he matches the scent you've been following this whole time. And eventually you do find him. Uh, and he has taken off his great fur coat. Uh, and it's actually sitting on a chair next to him, which is why you didn't immediately recognize him. Um, but you see his, uh, his sharp beard and his mustache that goes into the, the beard. And he is just drinking heavily and having a conversation with several other people at his table and they're all intent on him he is the focus of their conversation and he does not see you or notice you at all uh, a serving woman will come up to tad and uh, kind of bump into you with her hip uh, and say uh, uh what do you have shiny i have a tall glass of something green Ah, uh, i got gotcha. you i'll be right back Thank you. And she disappears. So I feel like the best place to start with, let's get a table nearby and just sort of listen. Uh, obviously, and also maybe wait till the looky-loos are getting bored of the story. So, you know, if something happens, we don't have to deal with all of them. Um, so, I, and we don't have any reason to think he knows who we are, right? Like he's not going to recognize our faces in Bolt or anything. Would well, it? he does work for Kajisa, and you did um, kind of work with her this last time. Um, okay. But... Uh, Let's see if he would recognize you. Or if I think he would. Um, I may not know. You're, he was present during the last mission, so he would definitely okay. recognize you. All right, then I want to take a seat a little further away and to his back. Okay. Um, and I was going to like call out to Tad and tell him to hop on over here, uh, but I will refrain from making that obvious <laughs> joke uh, because I don't want to draw attention to us yet. So we will just take a, hopefully with an earshot. I want to, I want to listen to what he's saying. Sure. Uh, the best table in earshot is occupied. There are uh, two individuals that are sitting there, one human, uh, and she is sitting next to uh, a man whose eyes glow red as uh, cybernetic implants. Do they seem to be paying attention to what this person's doing? Like they're part of the people listening or just happen to be there? No, they just happen to be there. Um, they're not interacting with Mank the Merc at all. Uh, they're just occupying the table that you've identified as the best spot for you. Okay. Nice. Uh, let's, let's take this table and 
Tad's pointing to a table that's a little ways away. I, I have a plan. I have a plan. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. I'll take the seat at the table he suggested. Okay. And what is this marvelous plan? Tad's going to watch for a few minutes. And as soon as he sees the waitress or waiter that's working that table, he's going to really concentrate on what they look like. And then I want to shape shift to look like that. <laughs> okay. That server and go over there and try to start serving drinks and listen in. All right. So Sure. That sounds like fun. Um, what Did I put a page reference on your stunt or what does it say? Uh, I can use illusions to change your appearance. You can sneakily create an advantage to give yourself a disguise aspect. Okay. If an opponent attempts to overcome this aspect to see past it, you can sneakily oppose their attempt. Perfect. Okay. So you create the illusion on you. And what do you, what do you look like? What does the waiter or waitress for Mank's table look like? I picture Mank being kind of a big, I'm going to use the term meathead. Uh, so he's going to pick a table that's going to have a tall, uh, beautiful woman. Okay. Because that's the type of person he's going to want to serve him. With long, flowing black hair that goes all down to her waist. Perfect. All right. So you walk up to Mank's table um, to take a drink order, or you're going to go to the bar and get drinks? How are you going to do it? Uh, I'll get the drinks okay. that are ordered and bring them over to the table. Okay. Perfect. Um, as you um, as you do, you see the little waitress that bumped into you, um, kind of looking around, scanning the crowd, trying to see where you ended up sat down. Uh, <laughs> and she's holding a, a big mug of something that's brilliant green and bubbling and fizzing. I'll try to wave them over. Like uh, He had to go to the restroom. I, you can just put it right here. Okay. Uh, she'll put it down and... Uh, um, say, uh, let me know if there's anything else you need. And she scans the room again, clearly interested in where Tad is. Hmm. So Tad, as, uh, as Marissa, the, uh, the waitress, you walk up to Mank's table and, uh, Mank looks up to you and his eyes are bloodshot and red and a little weepy. Uh, and he says, uh, ah, Marissa, thank you more. We need more drinks. We need to keep our strength up for Kajisa's adventures. <laughs> and everyone else laughs with him. Uh, and then as you start setting down the drinks, he'll, he'll take it and just let his fingers kind of brush across the back of your hand. Uh, and they're, um, let's see, what is it? His hands are, are metal. Um, and as they, the fingertips brush across the back of your hand, um, they kind of make a squeaking noise. Uh, and so he like jerks his hand away and looks at you and is going to try and see through your illusion. Okay. So go ahead and roll your sneaky uh, to resist his look. And I think he's rolling forceful. Not very well. I got a plus one. Uh, neither t- well, that, that, that beats my uh, four negatives on the dice <laughs> and Ouch. plus two sneaky. <laughs> you could invoke you an aspect to, your to points? Yeah. All right. So let's do that. Um, all right. I'll re-roll it and then I'll figure out how that works. That's a little better. That gives me a wash, which is a two. Okay. Um, 
Uh, that's I, better than my one. Yep. I think that uh, Tad knows how important this is to Rick. So focusing on the found family, he wants to make sure that he succeeds to help find a clue potentially to where Rick's lost son is. Oh, I can't let him down. I gotta do this. Yeah. I like to think this is that moment where the show that we're playing is like pulling a pump fake because it looks like he is seen through the disguise, but then we cut to commercial. But when we come back to commercial, <laughs> they did see through the, through the disguise and then we just carry on the scene. Yep. The Masters of Umdar ride has <laughs> opened at Worlds of Fun this summer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Bring your whole family. Kids, ask permission before you come. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and so he'll take the drinks uh, and kind of shoot a confused glance at Marissa. Uh, and then he will just uh, keep talking. He'll, he'll say something about uh, Kajisa's on the on the hunt for another one of those star blades. If we help her find it, riches beyond our wildest dreams. Uh, and everyone's like, yeah, pound on the table. Here, here. And he doesn't drop any more details uh, other than just mentioning they're going to find it. Uh, no one's going to get in their way. Uh, this is going to be another blade for her collection. And once she gets the fire rain, she will rule all of Umdar. I think Tad, as he's saying that, reaches up and takes his finger and taps her, taps his nose, still looking like okay. Marissa, and says, Oh, well, when you do get rich, we're going to have to play. Where would you take me if we were to get rich? That's one number three. Uh, uh, okay. Uh, and he leans back in his chair a little bit. Uh, he was not thinking he was going to get hit on by the waitress. He thought he was going to be doing the hitting on. Uh, and he says, uh, I would take you to the blue beaches outside of Cronkite. They're amazing. When the, when the moonlight hits them, they glisten purple it's wonderful sounds romantic but where do you have to go before you get to there uh go ahead and give me a roll all right um how do you think you're approaching this clever maybe i think so yeah i think so uh and i think i'm gonna be rolling careful because i can't release this information so i washed on the dice so that's a three okay Ooh, uh, I got a one on the dice, which gives me a one. <laughs> uh, and he says, uh, uh, well, I'll have to pull the Starblade out of the Psycho Jungle first. And then, then will I take you to the Blue Beach. Ted takes his hand and puts it in the back of his hair and runs his fingers through it. I look forward to it. Kind of walks on his toes away and kind of wiggles as he walks away, making sure that Mank here is watching. Okay. He is. Hate to see you leave, but I sure do like watching <laughs> you walk away. And then Tad will sneak off into like the, where the employees are and drop the disguise and come back out to where Rick is. Okay. Uh, and as you're walking back towards the employee area, uh, the real Marissa is walking through the hallway as well. And she stops dead when she sees herself standing in front of her. 
Uh, and she says, what in the heck is this? And that's when Tattle dropped the illusion. I just like to have fun. By the way, Mank thinks he's taking you to some blue place where the water turns purple. Good luck with that. <laughs> and she twists her lips and says, uh, that man's not taking me anywhere. Uh, oh, and then I she'll saunter back out. Tad will make his way back over to Rick quietly. Okay. And I, uh, right. you sit down and there is a mug of green fizz sitting there for you. Oh, my favorite. So we have, we have to go to the cycle jungle. Yep. So do we try to leave in front of them and like you disguise yourself as Mank? Or do we take them out? Like what, what do you think the play is here, Ted? Ted's going to look over to, I think we have a chance of beating them in fisticuffs, or is this a good time for us to sneak out the back door? If everyone at that table is working for Mank, uh, it would be a tough fight. It's him, and there are five other guys at the table. Mm. Yeah. So do we think Mank, is there, was there like a row of horses outside or like metallic beast chariots? Like, like what, how do we, did Mank walk here? Yeah, yeah. this is, um, uh, some of the guys would have walked here, uh, depending on what kind of appendages they have on the lower half of their bodies. Um, but then some would be riding horses. There is actually a, what kind of, we would recognize it as a hover cycle. Um, but it mm -hmm. basically looks like one of those um, sit-up exercise bikes, uh, and it's just hovering <laughs> over the ground. Do we, like, give him food poisoning and then take his cycle? <laughs> so sneak out, just drop some raw eggs into his fish platter? I don't know. Like, do something to him and then bolt, or do we want to follow him? I think we want to get ahead of him. We don't want to wait. Okay, so yeah, can you magic up some uh, salmonella to put in <laughs> stew? Uh, no, but we could just uh, slip the bartender a few extra bills and instead of weak drinks, have them really strong drinks and then they pass out quicker. All right, let's do that then. Is there anything else I can get you, sugar? Says the now familiar waitress uh, standing very close next to Ted. Yes, yes. Uh, get them really, really drunk really fast. Uh, and she looks over, cocks an eyebrow. What's in it for me? Have you ever heard of the Blue Beaches? I say. <laughs> I think Ted, Ted looks up and smiles big. I'll give you my number. Uh, and uh, she, her eyebrows climb up her forehead and she's like, I'm not sure what that means, but it sounds romantic. <laughs> it is. The water will yeah. turn purple when we get there. <laughs> In a world without phones, if you say you're going to give her your digits, I think that means something different. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Uh, I think this is a flashy roll, so go ahead and roll it. Uh, okay. Just uh, difficulty zero. She's really into Ted. He's well. a looker. That's exactly what I got with zero. Okay. Uh, so that is a tie. So she wants something to sweeten the pot. Mm. A, a, What's... a concrete promise. All right. Rick here will pay for an all-expense dinner with me and you. <laughs> and he won't be there. Uh, and she looks at Rick and then looks at you. 
When is this dinner going to happen? As soon as we get back, I would say, and he looks down at his wrist, two weeks. <laughs> two weeks. Uh, and she pouts a little, but then nods. And she's going to lean down and uh, smack a big kiss on your metal cheek uh, and say, it's a date. And then she disappears yes. and loads up a tray with strong drinks and just dumps them on the table uh, with Mank the Merc. And they all kind of look a little surprised and up at her. And she says, on the house. And they just go to town. Excellent. And then we'll cut that scene and move on to the next one. You guys are outside of the bar and um, there's a pool of light, yellow light uh, coming out from the door. Um, but... Everywhere else is just darkness. Uh, there are some trees kind of in the distance, but the land right here is clear. Um, and it looks like it rained recently and it was all churned up, but then it dried. So it's really bumpy and, and churned dirt. Uh, and there's that line of beasts of burden that people rode in and that one scooter thing. Does any of them have like like a Mank license plate, like anything to identify, <laughs> like clearly this is Mank's. Uh, uh, oh yeah, of course. The, um, the scooter, uh, it okay. has got, someone has glued fur fringes on it that match his coat. Excellent. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. So yeah, I want to steal his hover cycle. Okay. Uh, I think we'll need a roll for that. How do you think you're approaching right. it? I think sneaky. Again, I want to try to like, you know, the classic sort of hot wire with the two wires or maybe even like put it in neutral and roll it away a little bit. I don't know. I don't know how loud the cycle would be when it starts up. I don't want them to know we're doing this. So I'm definitely going sneaky. However, that's going okay. To All right. Give me the roll. Difficulty will be two. Ooh, uh, that is going to be, well, nope, that's a wash. So I will use another one of my fate points. And um, I can go through any obstacle. I'm not going to let the fact that this was difficult stop me. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So basically, it was one instead of instead of doing the old fashioned like hot wire, I had to do like the push it, yeah. and get it rolling, and then pop the clutch. So it it turned from a sneaky into a forceful halfway through. But I was far enough away that no one could hear. Okay. It. And uh, the uh, the bike as you kind of push it starts making this weird noise, like ha. 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 And then once you get it started going and whatever kind of motor is inside it kicks on, uh, it actually sounds like the um, the bike is giggling uh, when you're riding it away. <laughs> yeah. That's what the bike yep. said. Exactly. Right. Yep. So Tad can jump on the back, put his arms around me, and we'll... Giggle away. Head on. So what, was it the psych forest or jungle? Uh, what was psycho it? jungle. Psycho the psycho jungle. jungle. We are heading straight for that. Yes. And I picture this scooter is just barely big enough for the two of us. And Tad's on the back and his tail coat is just flopping in the wind. <laughs> <laughs> and you're just cruising down the road. And every time you get to one of those ruts that was uh, dug up when it was <laughs> muddy and it hits the bottom carriage, it kind of launches you up. And the scooter says, ow. And then, <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Did not expect that. <laughs> How you doing, buddy? I'll like rub the gas tank, like <laughs> <laughs> try to make friends. And good boy. Uh, good boy. That's where the scene cuts. Uh, and we will um have the new scene start. 
uh, as the you see the sun peeking up over the horizon. Um, the the sky is that uh, lovely orange, uh, just as the sun is rising. There are a few clouds spotting here and there, and you have traveled the rest of the night uh, through the grasslands, and now you are coming up to the psycho jungle. Uh, and the psycho jungle doesn't begin gradually. It's just all this grassland that you've been driving to, and then boom, mm-hmm. the psycho jungle starts. Just an immediate wall of uh, jungle trees. Uh, and they're tall and towering, and they've got big leaves, and it's you can just feel the humidity blowing out uh, from the forest. And you smell foliage, and you smell life, and you smell decay. Uh, and there are sounds coming from the inside of the forest um, that you've never heard before. Uh, there are animals in there that you're not familiar with. Uh, and uh, quite a few of them have mating calls that sound like insane laughs which is probably where the jungle gets its name. Mm. Mm. That's not disturbing That's not at unsettling all. <laughs> at all? <laughs> nope. Not at all. It's probably a little this scary. This is what we for, didn't promise to take. Yeah, for, for Saturday morning cartoon kids. Um, quite a few of them are having nightmares from this. So do we know anything about, are we familiar? Is this like a... a a geographical place of the world we were already familiar with? Because, I mean, I'm assuming the jungle is just a big place. We just go in the middle and hope we get lucky, or is there like a space to look for inside there? There are. Uh, why don't you go ahead and give me a roll? Uh, probably clever, and we'll see what you know about the psycho jungle. Okay. I know zero oh. about the psycho jungle. <laughs> okay. But maybe Tad might be the one to ask. I have a feeling he's going to be more likely to know something. So I'll say, Tad, what do we know about the Psycho Jungle? Over my shoulder. It's, it's the same animation. Like every time yes. we, we see us, it's the same animation. That's better. I got a four. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, that's much better than yeah. that. Uh, so I will answer four of your questions about the Psycho Jungle. Perfect. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> I, I would say... Is there any major landmark or like tourist attraction? That's what I was like. Is there a major tourist attraction in the Psycho Jungle? Uh, Six Flags Psycho Jungle? (laughs) (laughs) The Psycho Jungle is not for the faint of heart. Um, This is Mm. not a place um, where people would go to have a good time. Uh, This is where adventurers such as yourselves would go to try and find more artifacts of the Demiurge. Um, So, no. There are no tourist destinations. Gotcha. Uh, is there any archaeological sites of significance? Yes. Anytime someone talks about the Psycho Jungle, the conversation always comes to the Temple of the Twin Suns. Now, you're not sure why it's called the Temple of the Twin Suns, but that's what it's called. And it's supposedly deep inside the Psycho Jungle. And... Uh, you may have dreamed about going and visiting this temple from time to time, but um, traversing the psycho jungle always seems like a scary idea. I would say what's the most dangerous part of the jungle? Okay. The most dangerous part of the jungle is the wildlife. Uh, There are a lot of weird and disturbing animals here. Uh, It seems that whatever influence the demiurge had over the world um, concentrated its effects here in the psycho jungle and so life just took on strange aspects all right 
right. And we got one more. You got an idea, Michael? Do we know how to get to the thing? Like, do we know where the Temple of the Twin Suns is located or how to find it? Uh, it is deep in the center of the jungle. Yeah. But you're Archaeonauts. You'll be able to find your way there. Okay. Cool. Uh, what, uh, is there any kind of preparation you would like to do before delving into the depths of the jungle? Maybe you could have used a question on this, uh, but like, is it a nighttime or daytime travel better for the animals? Like, are they more nocturnal that we would have to worry about? Um, is there any sort of like repellent that we could make or create to make us like less attractive to the wildlife as we go hey, through. Making a, uh, making a repellent sounds like a create advantage role. Uh, so you can just do that and that'll create an aspect that uh, you can use to run animals off. Okay. Cut. Let's have a cutscene where we do that. Sure. All right. What does that look like? Are you uh, uh, picking up random herbs and like sniffing them, tasting them a little bit, putting them in a cup and crushing them? Yeah, we have a little mortar pestle, you know, and then we're, we're going to that, and then we're like kind of slathering it on our, our necks and foreheads. Okay. But it's the animation doesn't change. So even though we do that, it, we always look the same because they have they don't want to re, redo the cells every time. Of course. Time. Yep. That costs okay. money. It does. Mm -hmm. yeah. All right. So give me a, a clever roll. Dad, you want to take that one? Sure. <laughs> I'm more of an idea man. <laughs> so where before it was Rick. Uh, mortaring and pestling everything. <laughs> we just kind of rewind, and now it's Tad mortaring and pestling everything. Well, the, the, the camera slightly shifts to seeing Tad actually doing it, and we look over, and I'm making mud pies or something <laughs> like completely innocuous. Uh, I got a one. Uh, okay. Uh, that doesn't quite hit the difficulty of two. Uh, so you could spend another uh, fate point to invoke something, or you could opt to succeed at a cost. This would be a major cost, um, because you failed the roll. I think I'm okay not succeeding on this for now. Okay. But we think we did. But Very yes. important. We think that we're great. <laughs> yes. All right. I think we should also make sure we get uh, like a basic survival kit. So something to filter water, uh, you know, small machete that kind sure. of stuff that you know, uh, what, are, what are the the typical things you see in the jungle movies where they're yeah. cutting through and they're always drinking out of the canteen that never seems to empty <laughs> in fate uh characters are assumed to be very capable um and okay. we don't really worry about gear unless it has an aspect attached to it because that means it's important oh, perfect um so yes if you pull out a machete and start hacking away at foliage you have a machete it just mm. doesn't have any mechanical weight behind it until we say it does. Perfect. And I think this is a perfect time for me to pick my element manipulation. Okay. I'll just take plants. Nice. Because I think we're about to find several of them. <laughs> I like it. Sounds good. So uh, you dive into the jungle. Uh, and big, big leaves are in your way. Stands of bamboo analogs. It's just there is a ton of stuff here. Uh, and there's one point where you're taking a quick breather, getting some water, because even as a Saitar, you probably get tired mm -hmm. uh, and you get thirsty, obviously. Uh, and there is a low growl that comes off to the right side. And you look over there, but there's nothing. Don't worry, Ted. We have this repellent. We should be fine. And then with that, the birds start <laughs> chirping again. 
and you don't hear the growl again, and your hearts yeah. come back down from your throat. Ooh, dodged a bullet yeah, there. So we're totally, totally fine. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so I assume we, we don't have the cycle with us, so we had to leave yes, it outside correct. the jungle. We're on foot. Okay. Okay. We would have wanted to hide that, like throw some leaves over or cam- camouflage sure. or something. Just tangle it up with some plants and vines. Yeah. There, yeah. You control blows. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. yeah. Perfect. <laughs> okay. All right. So actually, since I have claws, I'm going to say that I'm clawing through instead of machete, okay. and I, I'm in front, and that way Tad has a machete in case he needs it. Um, and I'm following basically his direction, because again, he's the clever one. So I'm basically going straight, as I, I pick a point in the, in the distance, and then I go to that tree, and then I pick another point in the distance, I go to that tree, unless something sure. happens. So I'm just, uh, give, me, uh, give me a roll to navigate. All uh, right. How, do you, how are you? Uh, would you this? be okay with forceful? Since I'm just of course plowing yeah, through. Yeah, you're okay. you're pushing through that jungle. Uh, difficulty of one. <laughs> that would be a six. Oh, fantastic! Ooh. So you succeed wow. in the style. Uh, yes. So we're going to go ahead and create an aspect, uh, and we're going to call it right on the dot, and you get two free invokes on that. So at some point, like, I'll pick one of the trees and you can use my claws to kind of climb up and I'm looking for identifiable landmarks, mm-hmm. evidence of this uh, temple. Anything I see, I, you know, go back down and then we're just making our way deeper and deeper into the jungle. Okay. And uh, at this point, you're still pushing through. You've been pushing through for a couple hours now. Uh, it's yeah. hard work. Uh, you're just drenched in sweat. All of your fur is matted down to your body. And then you swipe through a last leaf, and there's nothing in front of you. And you just stumble out into this clearing. Uh, and it is perfectly smooth, dark earth. It's a little wet. You know, it feels like mud, but it's tightly packed mud. So like so tightly packed that you're not even really leaving boot prints on the ground when you step on it. And in the very center of this clearing is a stone pillar. Uh, and Or maybe it's not stone. It's kind of hard to tell because your initial thought is it looks like stone, but it has writing on it. And then as you step to one side, the shimmer that you get from the pillar changes. Uh, you're not exactly quite sure what is going on here. Is that stone, Dad? It kind of looks like stone, but the way it's shimmering, I'm not sure that's what it is. Nope, nope. I don't think we should go near it. Oh, okay. Ted picks up a rock and is going to try to hit this pillar with a rock to see what happens. Okay, you chuck the rock at it, and it hits with a, uh, a tink and then clatters to the ground. It doesn't even bounce. It just, like, hits it and then just drops straight down to the ground. That's not unsettling. Can we read the writing from here or see what it uh, is? Not from here. Hmm. See, this doesn't fit. This this smells like a trap. So, we should let Mank spring the trap. <laughs> but we we don't think this is the Temple of the Twin Sons, right? Uh, no, it doesn't look like the stories. Okay, so then we'll we we should skirt around the edges, get to the other side, and then continue on. Then and leave this for Mank. We should make sure we don't trip any traps while we do it. Well, yeah, I mean, that's, that's why we want to skirt the exterior, like right on the edge of this dirt. Like we're not going to get any closer to it than we have to. And then once we're on the far side of where we are, we'll we'll continue on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as you're just chatting about that and decide, yeah, we're just going to skirt the edge here and keep keep going. Hold the map. Uh, yeah. There, uh, <laughs> You hear a growl, a deep rumbling growl 
coming from the other side of the clearing. We're fine. We have that. <laughs> Would you stop doing that? That's getting annoying. Sorry. I didn't eat enough. Mm. Ugh, my stomach's and uh, from from the shadows uh, of the foliage on the other side of this clearing, step three wolf looking things. Um, they look like they have the body of wolves, but their four legs are completely mechanical. Uh, and they have what look like metal, a metal spine running down the middle of their back that goes into a metallic articulated tail. And uh, the end of that tail has a large muzzle. Hmm. And they like a gun. Yes, barrel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And they step out, right. and they're looking right at you, and stalking towards you, and their their lips are curled back, and you can see their fangs dripping down onto the the mud, uh, and they look like they're going to fight you. So I'll do the thing where we stop and go, "Don't move." Their sight is based on movement. No, it's not. And they charge. <laughs> Run. <laughs> Uh, and they lunge towards you. And are you going to run? Or are you going to try and fight these guys off? Uh, I think first, Tad's going to, using my little element manipulation, picks up a big stick, goes, here, boy, here, boy, and throws the <laughs> stick and tries to see if he can trick them into fetching Okay. and hope that Rick doesn't chase it. <laughs> Poor Rick. Where's the ball? Where's the ball? Where's the ball? <laughs> okay. Uh, so this will be a contested roll. Uh, so you'll okay. roll versus probably they're clever to see through your ruse. Uh, okay. What approach are you rolling? Uh, probably clever. Okay. Wow. Well, Man, that was a bad roll. Dice like me. Yeah, I got a one total. I got a negative one total. <laughs> so yeah, uh, you throw that, uh, and you're going to put a distracted aspect on uh, one of these guys as they veer off. Uh, so that still leaves two wolves coming at you. All right, I'm gonna use a laser javelin. Okay, you can have a laser javelin on your sheet and not throw it at least That's once. True. So let's, mm-hmm. All right, and I will use quickly because if I do hit, I get to use my stunt. So I'm going to quickly throw a laser javelin awesome. at the front wolf. And uh, uh quick. I got a four. Oh, that was a very good roll. Uh, first good roll all day. I got a seven to dodge out of the way. Uh, yeah, can't do nothing about that. So I am very excited as my laser javelin goes straight for the wolf, and then it seems to move out of the way at the last minute without almost like it teleported. <laughs> and then I go, and then we cut to a commercial. And then we come back, and I'm like, huh, that was weird. Yep. And uh, they are going to attack now. All right. Uh, so the first one that uh, dodged under your laser javelin, uh, it runs right up to Rick, and it's going to lunge at you. Um, and it's going to try and do a forceful bite onto your leg. So you can go okay. ahead and pick uh, how you're going to be defending and roll your dice. Uh, forceful. Okay. Yeah, this is definitely my, my wheelhouse. Oh, that's a good roll, too. I got a six. I got a four. Nice. Hmm. But I'm going to use the boost I got for succeeding with style on my defense, which brings me up to a six. And then All right. I am going to spend a 
in fake point to invoke his uh, motivation of mad with hunger. So that is mm. going to give me a success with two. And now you can spend right. some fake points to boost your result if you would like, or you can just take it. No, I'm going to hold on to the two I got okay. left. So, uh, so he I get lunges at you, and his teeth close around your uh, your scaly thigh, uh, and the teeth kind of slide across the scales. So, man, it hurts. And you're going to take Ooh. two stress. Um, two stress. And so each box that you have on your on your character sheet absorbs a number of stress equal to its position. So the first one okay. absorbs one stress, the second one absorbs two, the third one absorbs three. So All you right. can check off one so box. I'll use the two okay. box. And that absorbs the two stress. And then the other one is, let's see, is it going to go after the, it's going to go after Ted. Because there's just two of them. Yeah, and makes sense. It is going to kind of rush around the group and kind of slide to the side as its tail whips up over its head, kind of like a scorpion, and it fires off a laser blast at Tad. Okay. Using quickly. Um, okay, that gives me a two to hit you. All right. How do you defend? All right. Uh, I think Tad, knowing that they were coming this way, was using the uh, terrain to his advantage, so he's trying to... I guess jump behind something okay. and be sneaky about You're it. You're right next to the edge of this clearing, so you can like step behind a, a bush or something, try and get a little bit of cover. Uh, so are you using clever? Uh, yep, okay. that's what I meant, clever. Uh, so that gives me a, a three. Perfect. That beats my two. Uh, so you succeed. And then uh, we are back on top. We didn't really have initiative order. And typically mm -hmm. you would establish an order, but we didn't do that because we were just kind of rolling with the story. Um, so okay. I think we'll just do uh, what they've called popcorn initiative, where whoever goes mm -hmm. picks who goes next, and then that person picks and that person picks until everyone's gone. Uh, so I'm going to pick Tad to go in this second right. round. Perfect. Uh, so Tad kind of jumped behind some foliage and has got a, a plant in between him and this little wolf thing. And he's going to, again, use his element manipulation and have a bunch of these little vines and stuff reach up and try to grab this wolf and pull it down. Okay. Uh, how does that work so, uh, with the stunt? It says, uh, clever. Uh, you can move and manipulate a specific type of element. Pick a broad type of element. So I pick plants. Uh -huh. uh, whenever this element is present in a scene, you can attack without a weapon. Perfect. If the source of the element is abundant... You gain plus two when cleverly creating advantages using that okay. element. All right, go ahead and make your attack roll. I think because I'm just resisting being pulled down to the ground with plants, I'm going to be resisting with forceful. Because I just got to flex my big wolf muscles. Right. Okay. So I rolled three positives on the dice. My clever is three, so that's six. Ooh. Since it's abundant, do I add the plus two with uh, that? That's just for creating an advantage. Uh, and you're doing okay, the attack perfect. action right now. And okay, I got okay. I got a four. So six, six is what I got. Okay. Uh, so you're going to wrap around this guy and it just slams him to the ground. And uh, with a whimper, uh, he kind of collapses under the weight of the, the grasping vines. Uh, and then you can pick who goes next. 
Uh, I'll have Rick go next. All right. Rick is going to use his claws to try to swipe this uh, wolf thing that bit my leg. Okay. That was not good. Uh, that's a one. <laughs> uh, I got a five on my defense. Yeah. Uh, so you slash your claws through the air where the laser wolf used to be, um, but it has danced to the side. This one can teleport. <laughs> <laughs> and it teleports forward uh, to get its gnashing teeth around your other leg. Oh, not my other leg. Uh, and I got a five to get you with quick. All right. You um, can do it. No. No, I can't. <laughs> um, all right. So, yeah, I'm going to use one of my um, bait chips there um, to – because I rolled a complete wash. Okay. So I'm going to invoke my – I must discover my son's missing location. I feel like we're getting really close, and I can't I can't just deign to lose at this point point because of the stupid wolf that's not Mm going to keep me away from my son um so that would give me a five okay uh so that is a tie which gives the wolf a boost um because he didn't actually cause any stress to you but he did tie your defense uh and so since this is the last wolf i have and he just acted um we'll go on top and i'll say rick you go first all right, so once again, I'm going to try this again. I can use my claws because I get to do extra damage if I hit. Whew. That's a two. Okay. Uh, and I got a four with my forceful to just kind of tough it out. Yeah. So, yeah, we're like, and it's the same, you know, images over and over again. <laughs> me, me going this way and then it coming this way and then me going that way. Uh, Tad, Tad, help, Tad. All right. Uh, Ted looks over and sees a large branch on a tree and using my element manipulation can pulls that branch back and then lets it go swinging towards the wolf <laughs> trying to baseball it. I love it. So hit it towards the, the th- hit it towards the thing. Let's see what happens if yeah. one of them goes that way. Yeah. Ooh, that's, that's, I got a zero uh, on the dice, I got a f- uh, which gives me I a got three a four. quick. Oh, nice. So you hit it. So I got four. Uh, you hit it and you send it flying. Uh, it hits it and you hear Oof. the Arr! and it goes flying through the air and its hip kind of clips the top of the, uh, the stone pedestal in the center of the clearing and sends it tumbling through the air until thump on the ground on the other side. Um, and it cries out again as it hits and it'll quickly get to its feet and just take off uh, in the other direction fleeing. Yeah, you better run. As you're yeah. rubbing your injured legs. Yeah. Or Rick will bleed on you more. That's right. (laughs) No one makes me bleed my own blood. (laughs) Thanks for listening to the RPG Academy podcast. We do this show out of love for the hobby and the desire to be ambassadors, welcoming more people into this community. All of our website content will always be free to use and utilize. But there are expenses related to the show. And if you enjoy what we do here, then please consider supporting us in some way. You can do so as simply as rating or reviewing us on iTunes or your podcatcher of choice. If you're going to purchase anything through Amazon or DriveThruRPG, consider using our affiliate links first, and then we'll get a small percentage sent back to us. You can do a single direct donation through PayPal using the paypal.me slash the RPG Academy, 
or consider joining our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash the RPG Academy. And for a donation as low as $1 a month, you'll get access to lots of extra goodies, including bonus minisodes, invites to monthly one-shot games, one-sheet adventures, and more. Please consider following us on Twitter and Facebook, or join our Discord, where we like to try to keep the conversation going with our fans as best we can, and are always looking to talk and chat more. Or do none of that. Just continue to listen and enjoy our show. Because honestly, that's enough. Thanks. And remember, if you're having fun, you're doing it right. We'll see you next time. The music used for our intro and outro is Fly a Kite by Spectacular Sound Productions, used under the Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike License.